0: Good morning, Gareth, and good morning to a good mate, Michie Lewis.
1: And Mitchie Lewis, welcome to the Breakdown on this Monday. Hello, Gareth. Hello, Dina. Yeah, super subbing in
2: for the great man, Mickey Gannon, today. So I'll do my best, but keen to get into it. Heaps
1: to go through. Yeah, there is a ton to get through. I don't know what race we'll start at because there is so, so many to to have a chat about. This could go on for five hours, the, the Breakdown today. But we'll start off with the big race, the Everest there, on a Saturday afternoon. And well, this horse continues just to win. He is a winner think about it and on Saturday he took out our biggest dance with the Everest.
3: Back on the inside looking for room as they come around the corner now and the leader is over alcohol free dropped off, Cylinder comes off the fence, think about it, strides up, private eye, Espiona trying to work into the clear, I wish I win running behind them, he needs room as think about it, takes the lead narrowly think about it from Cylinder, private eye I wish I win, think about it in front from I wish I win, think about it! Think about it, won the Everest. Yeah, think I about, about I it, win. too
1: strong. Private I wish I win, didn't have much luck. and Private Eye Center. was brave as they come after being wide throughout. Let's hear from the winning jockey, Semi Clipperton.
0: All uh, right, Corey, I'm lost for words. I've got so many things to tell you. I'm going to cry, I'm going to pass out, I'm going to do a backflip. I don't know. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but when he went across the line in the premiere, I... I visualised this this moment. I, I had to keep it to myself, but I just knew he simply had too many gears. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, what well under semi clipper and Joe Pride had his biggest day at the office, finishing first and third. Dino in an Everest, and was it the Barry draw that won him the race? If they if you swap Barry draws with I wish I win, do we get a different result, or is this horse just a winner that it doesn't matter what is in front of him? He just finds a way.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, debate to have. I, I think he's a horse that you probably can't put a margin or length on just because he's got that untrainable uh, asset, which is that will to win. Uh, many horses don't and the great do have it. I wish Owen was great, like you said, back to the inside. But it was a bit of a theme of the day, even at Ramwick and Caulfield. Barriers uh, probably meant a lot, just more so the way that the tracks played, firm ground. Uh, it was really hard to make good ground from all the way back. And he had the perfect running transit. When you give a horse of his calibre, Uh, that running transit they're incredibly hard to run down it was a great story for joe pride he's only got around 80 horses on his books and he's got the first and the third horse in the biggest race or biggest sprint race in sydney and proven thoroughbreds as well but it was an outstanding race Uh, i think we all chatted about the tempo the tempo ended up being pretty strong and we saw sort of the best horses charge home there's some great runs in the beaten but as well which we'll touch on gareth but cylinder i thought he was outstanding and the sneaky run was in secret. She was enormous yeah. from the back. Um, no one really made ground. Zach Curtin weaved his way through. So she's on track for the champion sprint on the
1: last hour of the carnival. Would you make of the Everest, Mitchie Lewis?
2: Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on that um, I wish I win would have beaten. Think about it with a little bit of a better barrier. It's a good debate. I, I sort of went looking at the replay. You can sort of see, think about it as I wish I win sort of gets to his hind. He's, he's sort of prick and he goes again. So I think, the best horse has probably won the race, uh, and I reckon the lead up now to this champion sprint race—it's going to be one of the better races of the carnival. I'd say you're going to have an absolute dead set star field, and yeah, I reckon In Secrets one to follow out of it for sure. She's the fastest last, everything in the race, and weaving her way through, was huge. So I'm excited now for that champion sprint
1: race because you'll throw in in the group as well. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. What horse do you want to be with now for the champion sprint at Flemington on the final day of the carnival? He does that, doesn't he, Dino? Think about it. He, I don't think he had any right to win the Premier Stakes the other day when he drew a low gate. He was leaders back. He got through. I don't think he liked going up the inside of forces on that particular day when he got up the inside of overpass. And a Y5O looked like he had him shot there at the 100 metre mark that day and then he kicked back. Um, when he's challenged, he always finds a way, to think about it. And looking at this market now with Bet365, the world's favourite online. Um, betting brand. Just having a look at the market with bet 365 for the champion sprint, which will be, I think, nearly the highlight of the carnival in both cities. Um, Here we go. We've got Imperatrees at 275. I wish I win five. In secret, five. Think about it, five. Private Eye at $8. We'll have a chat about his fur in just a moment at 15. Star Patrol, 15 and then Cylinder at 17, but I don't think he'll be backing up after the Coolmore. So right now, lads, who are you tipping in the champion sprint? We'll start with you, Dino.
0: Yeah, it's a great debate. I think uh, an interesting point to probably make is, think about it, we'll, guessing more than likely go to that 1300 metre giga kick stakes in two weeks timing. Yep. That's the knock on him, staying at 1200 metres for a third time. We forget that he obviously won a stradbroke over the 1,400 metres in the winter. But off that run and off the CV, in secret, Michie would have to be the top of my page. She loves that trip. She loves that setup down the straight. A couple of horses haven't seen it. Um, and she'd be my tip for sure, Mitchy.
2: That's exactly where I was leaning as well. I sort of was thinking, you know, get her to Flemington. And we know she loves it. Um, she'll get in well at the weights and she'll get clear running space. So she'll be pretty hard to beat, I'd say. But be interesting to throw in pear trees in that mix as well. I can see both of them storming for big runs.
1: Yeah, it's going to be some race when you get two wonderful mares going up that straight there at Flemington. Um, so, In Secret over Imperatries, you're telling us, Dino? i just
0: just thinking the market-wise. Yep. I always talk in odds uh, yes. suggestions. Um, obviously, Imperatries has never been down the straight over that 1,200 metres, so that's a knock for her. But she's obviously the best horse if you, you want to rank them just on ability. But I'm just thinking on a price-wise on the run, that In yeah. Secret, like if she draws a gate on the weekend – um, I think she runs top two, uh, maybe even challenges. Think about it. She was enormous. And we know her CV, like Mitchy touched on down the straight. Gate 12, if you draw that at Flemington, you're not back to last. You can just build yep. your way up down the straight. So great race. Can't wait for it. And like Mitchy said, it, it could be the, the race of the spring.
1: Let's have a look at uh, the performances of Furra there and the Scalacci Stakes as we talk about sprinters. She's a horse that continues to go to a new level this preparation
4: it's Asfura under a bit of a grip here at the 250, and got a length in front of Uncommon James. Three links, Chain of Lightning, and then Lombardo, but Asfura has dropped Uncommon James. 100 metres to go, Asfura for Mitch Aiken, three or four lengths in front, and she's a body mare. Asfura bolted in. Uncommon James second, Chain
1: of Lightning. I haven't looked at times, obviously, today yet, but it looked like Damien Lane made a conscious effort to serve it up to her, knowing that he thought he was probably on the stronger horse, but as it turns out, she was really, really brave and just kicked away
3: what were you thinking while that was happening in the race did you think your mayor could continue to find the last
1: 400 to be honest i was thinking oh this is a bit sticky now and i think the play by them was right but whether he probably overdid it a bit with the blinkers on i don't know but she's just so good around here and we didn't win an oakley plate last time uncommon james won it because it was at Sandown, up the steep hill at the end there but
3: i think if we can find her in an oakley plate here in autumn next year that'll be her go
1: so she probably doesn't go to Flemington, but Mitchie Lewis, she's just gone to a new level and the Oakley plate is her race um, around Caulfield, 1100 metres. And I think that Henry Dwyer's always been vocal on this. 1200 metres nearly sees her out in this class, but 1100 metres, a thousand metres is right in her sweet spot.
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Cause I
1: think she's absolutely flying. So
2: whether or not you would take the risk with her, you know, going so well or not, is probably the big question. I mean, if you do look at the sectionals, uh, she she did slow up in that last two hundred, so he's probably right. But yeah, she's just absolutely flying, and you know, if you go to the Manicado, it only takes bad luck for Imperatries or someone, and then you've put yourself in a good position to maybe go one while you're at career best sort of form. I thought another one she'd be a good one to target. I'm pretty sure she can still go around in the Sankster. That could be in Adelaide. That could be another yeah. one she could pick off through the autumn as well.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And She she deserves – there's a group one in her, Dino, somewhere.
2: Yeah, interesting. Do they pull
0: up stumps and maybe go to WA and try a pinch, uh, not pinch a winter bottom, but go around in a winter bottom? I don't know. It's just that debate, uh, 1,100 metres. Like Mitchy said, the sectional's late, probably tell the story. She's an elite 1,100-metre 1, horse now. She's got that sustained – speed she showed that kick and absolutely dropped uncommon james but there's no 1100 meter group ones for the rest of the spring so fascinating what they do
1: where's uncommon james at in your eyes mitch yeah it's interesting isn't it he um he
2: sort of looked like he had every chance and like i think it was henry in the video then said he he sort of went forward to sort of eyeball him off and just fell away didn't he so i don't really know what you do with him now
1: yeah, what, what do you make of him, um, Uncommon James, Dean? I don't think he's probably lived up to the expectations we thought he could.
0: No, exactly. I think he won that Oakley Plate um, in the autumn, and we're all raving about it. It was an outstanding performance. He went to Sydney. He was a little bit unlucky. It was good first half, and his second-up record was his best. So I think there was no excuses on the weekend. My slight query and reflection now, Mitchie's. Why did they throw the blinkers on? Is he maybe not going as well? They need to sharpen him up. Is there an issue there? Uh, that was only my reflection on the run, but I think he's just been out sprinting over
2: 1,100 metres. Maybe he needs 12 now, Mitchie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was hard for me as to know as well why they put the blinkers on, but my, my sort of assumption was that they thought this race was for the taking. You know, he's got super second up form. You, you just sort of put everything right into place and see how you go, but he's just run into a yeah. potential... Horse who's in career best form, a star.
1: All right then. 16 minutes past eight. Gareth Hall, Mitchy Lewis, and Dean Watling with you for the Monday breakdown on this Monday morning as we recap a magical day of racing in Sydney and Melbourne. We'll come back and take a look at some of the star middle distance performances over the weekend, including Fangirl and a King Charles, Attrition in a Turak, and, and what about Alligator Blood? Wasn't he sensational, of course, in the Group One Might and Power Stakes? Around, that down below. Welcome back to Giddy Up this Monday morning. Great to be with you all. Thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What could you be buying instead? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au And geez, I love the boys on the weekend. I was listening most of the afternoon there as I was heading back from Sydney to Melbourne on Caulfield Guineas and Everest Day, but the lads kept me entertained. live. There from Caulfield on Saturday, David Taggart, Cam Luke and Josh Jenkins. Tags was in fine form. I took him on a little bit. He tipped Ayrton as his best bet for the day. And I thought, Tags, you're our number one tip star. I don't know why you're doing that for. And I had egg on my face. So well done to the Tags. And didn't he let me know about it as well? And they'll be trackside live once again for Caulfield Cup Day this Saturday. So join us and use the code SENTRACK for $100 off the MRC membership. So make sure you do that. Terrific membership there at the MRC. It was a fascinating day there on Saturday, and it was a day that the bookies absolutely dominated because you had Mr. Brightside that was defeated as an odds-on favourite, basically anyway, around that $2 quote. And the second favourite did defeat him. But then we all thought Amelia's jewel was a good thing, and she went down in a Turak handicap. And Militarize, he looked like he was going to be awfully hard to beat with a step party, and they didn't, well, both didn't really fire. I know that party ran third, but I thought he should have finished a little bit closer with the run that he had. So it was an interesting day, anyway, from a market perspective. But let's have a chat about some of the the, the big victories there in those middle distance um, races on Saturday afternoon. We'll start with the King Charles, the five million dollar King Charles. Mr. Brightside was the short price favourite, but it was this. Wonderful mare for Chris Waller and James McDonald in Fangirl that was successful in the King Charles.
3: Now Mr Brightside and Fangirl, here they come, Fangirl moved up, Fangirl takes the lead from Mr Brightside, he's got a job to get there, the mare's going, great guns, Fangirl, look at her go, Fangirl, a big win in the King Charles III.
4: Mooney Valley, would you be tempted, and Kovalika also might be going that way after that nice run. Yeah, um, that was sort of always the plan, just to space her runs and get it to Melbourne as well. Um... So, yeah, so that'll be tomorrow's decision, I guess. But she was pretty dominant today.
1: She was dominant, and that was her go. Rock-hard track, um, low gate, bit of pace with a big field there, Um, Dino. And that was just the perfect setup for a horse like Fangirl.
0: Yeah, you've summed it up perfectly there. If you want to get uh, a perfect setup or you want to see on sectionals the way they run the race, um, that is exactly what Fangirl wanted. You watch it, it's interesting. They've gone pretty slow here. They've gone around five lengths slower than the average at 600 metre uh, mark. So it's just turned into a complete sit and sprint. And I think the, the key important um, sort of uh, summarization of it is if you watch the replay, just before the 600 metre mark, the leaders put the brakes on it, allows Fangirl to find that two to three lengths and build her way up to Mr Brightside. And then as soon as she's out in the straight, it's a sit and sprint. And we know her sprint and her turn of foot's a lead, but the query always is, is how fast she's back. But this time she was up um, right next to Mr. Brightside and just purely out sprinting him. He was still great. And there's been big gaps in behind, but if you want the right setup for this horse, um, that was it to a T. So I think they just go to the, the champions mile Gareth on, on the last day down yeah. there at Flemington. We know she loves the track and you'd expect J-Mac to stick now. He's four from four more board her.
1: That's a better option. Do you think for her than say the the Cox plate? 100%. I
0: think that's will be her race for the taking. I think she loves Flemington. We've seen her down there before. Get J-Mac on, um, big open space, a track you can maybe use her tactical speed, potentially now that she's shown us on the weekend. Um, I'd prefer that than a strongly run. Um, Cox Plate for mine, but we know Chris Follow, we can we can leave it up to their team. They often make the, the right choice.
1: What did you make of Mr. Brightside there, um, Mitchie, on Saturday? Uh, he was given a perfect ride with his tactical speed from the gate there by Craig Williams, um, but he was definitely no match for the winner.
2: No, she, she was just a standout, but, you know, I don't think you hop off him. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I mm. guess you stick fat and you go to the Cox Plate, don't you? But I, I'd still think he's a massive chance back at flemington in that champions mile we know the 1600s is go and he's just been beaten by a horse that had perfect conditions and got a perfect run so i, I wouldn't be binning him just yet um i've got my queries about his cox plate chances but i still mm. think he's a group uh, group one chance this prep at that champions mile for sure
1: we'll have a look at the market for the cox plate in just a moment some runs out of the king charles with the horses that might be heading towards a Cox Plate. Covalica, um, Dino was very good. I think he's a smoky in a, in a Cox plate.
0: Oh, I do too. He's run the fastest last 400, last 200 of the entire meeting. Fastest late uh, fastest last 800 metres as well. So out of the two, if you've got to take the stable there, um, yeah. Fangirl or Kovalenko, I think Kovalenko is going outstanding. And maybe that's what Mr. Brightside needed. He looked a little bit sort of not flat, but, he was building the revs late as they went further. Maybe he's the one screaming up for 2,000 metres as well, but I think he hit the nail on the head there with Kovalika, Gareth.
1: What about um, the two internationals, Fozzie Kerr, Buckaroo, Dino, and Light Infantry Man?
0: Yeah, Buckaroo was great late, uh, fifth fastest last 400 and last 200, so he was building the revs. I think that's what we echoed a little bit on the weekend preview, that maybe the 1,600 metres was a little bit short and that the Cox Plate was his target or 2,000 metres, but... Uh, Probably the disappointing one was Light Infantry Man, just never travelled, was sort Mm. of fading late. Uh, He's the one that maybe we look for a steward's report, but maybe the the sit and sprint just didn't suit those international horses. They wanted to run a little bit harder.
1: We'll get an update with Johnny O'Neill, one of the part owners there of Light Infantry Man, after his performance heading towards the Cox Plate now. I think that was their main aim with him anyway. I think they always thought that the 1600 might be a little bit too sharp for him but as you point out he never traveled whatsoever there on the bridle on saturday it's 8 29 let's take the news here for the monday breakdown and then we'll come back and i've got an assessment or a, a report on amelia jewel after her performance there in the turak handicap and we'll have a chat about attrition what a performance by that galloper to win the group one at
4: court imagine what you could be buying instead For free and confidential support, visit GamblingHelpOnline.org.au. Amelia's Jewel brought to the middle of the track and then came here to shock out of the whip from Antino and then Charterhouse, pride of Jenny at the 200 with amenable and then came Attrition further back, Amelia's Jewel, pride of Jenny at the 150, then amenable Attrition and then came Antino on the outside, it's a big finish in the Tourac, Antino moves up to Attrition, Antino and Attrition, they hit the line, Attrition or Antino, nearly a dead heat. Attrition's Unbelievable. Um, what a ride from Bo, a great effort from the team. Um,
0: you
1: know, everyone takes a, a massive part in it, and um, you know, this is what we get up in the morning to do. And oh, I've had, I think, three seconds in group ones before today, and
0: oh, I was just willing him to get over the line because we've been nutted uh, closely a few times. But uh, we always knew he was up to the level. Um, it was very disappointing last start, but back to handicap, um, aided by a brilliant ride. Uh, by a jockey that's well and truly on the rise, and um, yeah, how good.
1: So that is Mitchie Freeman talking about Attrition's Group 1 victory in the Turak. He's been a very good trainer for a long time. Um, he's only young, but he's been in the game now for four to five years training in his own right, Mitch Lewis. He started off working with Darren Weir, and then he took the punt and set up stables at Ballarat. And He's been knocking on the door, as he pointed out there, for his first Group 1 victory, but he got it on Saturday. He ran the Melbourne Marathon yesterday, so it's been a big weekend for Mitch Friedman. And and Tino was brave as well, but the big story out of this race was Amelia's Jill Simon Miller, Um, been in conversation with him this morning, and he has reported that um, she's just not herself. She's really quiet. She's been leaving food, which isn't her, so... They'll have a look at some more bloods today, and just to see where she's at at the moment. So, um, the the Cox plate's definitely out, and the only race now for her, I think, this spring maybe will be the the Golden Eagle. If they have to give her a little time off, I think they'll just go home. Um, so that's she she was the talk of the Spring Carnival there for a while, but unfortunately, I don't think she's right there, Dino and um, Amelia's jewel faded while attrition was too strong who who um was was a big price at the end of the day attrition i know he was taking on a, an amelia's jewel but he hasn't been too bad this spring
0: he hasn't been you know, i guess he's probably the price in the race purely off his poor effort last i think a couple of people and smart people tipping up last start and he just failed and he probably couldn't give him any excuses but michael freeman's done a wonderful job he, he's won his first group on race he's got that horse back, back to its best ability there and Speaking of the race, it was uh, one of the most fastly run two-racks you'll ever see. They've gone about 18 lengths faster than the average at the 600 metre mark, so it's been a, an incredibly strong test, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's two things that could have happened with Amelia's jewel. She's either pulled up and probably hasn't handled the really strong run uh, race last start where she broke the track record and went forward, or two, she doesn't get a strong 1,600 metres. Um, but listening to your thoughts there, it's sad, and we, we hope she's obviously pulled up okay, and can push on, but we know the team uh, yes. love it a bit and they won't do anything um, ill against her and they'll probably end up taking her home. But really strongly run rates. Mitchie, Attrition come out on top of Tina. was great who I was against. I thought one of the better runs of the no. day was Amendable. who rode forward and um, he was still there sort of kicking on off that really, really strong
2: tempo. Yeah, Attrition's run was massive, wasn't he? He was caught out wide and just... Oh, Amelia's Jewel sort of had every chance tracking him and he's just sort of put him away and closed it off fast, off that fast tempo. I I thought it was a super run from him. But yeah, obviously disappointing Amelia's Jewel and it's from a racing fan. You probably just wanted to see her go on with it and that story continue. But a little bit of an unknown, what happens to her now? I I sort of wondered like you, Dino, if the question mark might've been the 1800 metre trip because the figures say she was travelling okay from eight to six and six to four and then the last 400s where she really fell away so i don't know if um there there was probably the issue or perhaps maybe i know she's won a group one over 1800 meters but this is probably a different level to that perhaps she's better at that 1400 1600 trip
1: did did we see there mitchy that over the 1600 meters in a turak i'll go to you first here dina and then mitchy so the sixteen hundred metres of a track a truly run race, which we expected anyway. With here to shock and pride of Jenny in the race, that um, we definitely found out that she might not be a stayer here. Um, and obviously she hasn't eaten up, and there is excuses behind the scenes there with uh, Amelia's jewel. Um, but we saw this. I don't know if you can recall the figures with I wish I win, but he was pretty similar, wasn't he, in a track when they when they ran along in front and he was favourite and he didn't show that. But turn of foot at the end of proceedings on that occasion. And then, cause we were all thinking if he won the tour that year, he'd go to the Cox plate, Peter Moody, but they decided to drop him back and trip and he blew them away in a golden Eagle. Do you think that could be an, a similar case here for Amelia's jewel? If she's okay and she gets over this run in the next couple of days and they put the blinkers on her in Sydney.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think dropping back and trip would be ideal. Now I think the queries out maybe this preparation, she's still a lightly raced four-year-old mare. So you don't want to pen her as just a 1,600 metre and below a horse or a 1,400 metre horse. Obviously, she's still got progression to come. She'll still grow, strengthen up. And in time, she might uh, get a strong 18 to 2,000 metres, which we, we know she has done in path. But like I said, that that was more like a 2,000 metre race, the way it was run with the sexuals to the 600 metre mark. And I'm guessing a lot of horses will pull up pretty tight after that effort and luck probably Mitchie Freeman did out of the marathon on Sunday, but I think that's what you do now with a Gareth drop her back in trip. You know, and we know she's got that electric turn of foot, um, albeit if she pulls up. Okay. Obviously that's at the forefront of, I'm sure the
2: stable's mind.
1: All right. And what'd you make of Antino, Mitchie Lewis before this break?
2: Yeah. Massive run from that wide barrier. I sort of thought he'd find a lot of trouble from there, but yeah. <clears throat> he stormed home really, really quickly. So I'm very interested to see what they do with him next because I believe this was the grand final wasn't it so where yep. do you go next is probably the big question do you, do you come back a little bit and target a champion's mile I'm not sure if the cox plates his go um do you hang around and try that at Flemington it'll be interesting to see what they do with him next but it was a huge run for sure
1: All right then 8:38 let's take a break and I promise after this break we'll get to your questions Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six plus we'll have a chat about my highlight of the day the, the mighty alligator blood who was mighty, of course, in the might and power.
4: Deny Knowledge with Alligator Blood now breathing down her neck and around the corner. Alligator Blood went to the front from Deny Knowledge, who's gone. Then Lindemann just fine. Fow and Declare and Dewis back on the inside. Alligator Blood, 200 metres to go. Four legs in front of Dewis. Fow and Declare running a race and then nonconformist. But it is all Alligator Blood, a seventh group one coming up. And Alligator Blood wins it by two legs. I just, he just did it so easily didn't he, She's He's joyous. And the horse in the front just put that made the, a little bit more of a tempo. And Alligator just said, look, see you later, Alligator.
3: So Tim Clark, back on board. They've got a wonderful relationship. He's a good story. But the horse himself, there was some sort of talk a couple of years ago they would never race again.
4: Well, I don't know. He's done plenty of races and plenty of group ones. I think it's his fourth or fifth group one for us. Just he's so just tough. such a special. He's tough. He's an elite racehorse. We're very privileged to see a horse
1: like him. That was the highlight for me for the weekend, Alligator Blood. I don't know what you were thinking, Mitchie Lewis and Dean, Dean Watling, as um, you rejoin us now for the, the Monday breakdown here on Giddy Up. He's such a remarkable horse, and I thought that he could dictate the race in a way. I know Deny Knowledge was in that race, but Timmy Clark, who was the gem of a ride, because that is some skill to be able to rate your horse while there's a tearaway leader. And he did it to perfection, but this horse for mine... Mitch Lewis has gone to a new level in the might and power alligator blood what did the time suggest
2: oh sorry I'm looking at there I'm looking at the Cox plate market um talking about alligator blood gee I've, I've got I've got to get the times up but yeah I thought the ride was super to hold your nerve like you said when you've got deny knowledge going off like that and then just how he picked him up coming in late oh like he's he's closed off strongly as well in the last 200 I've so, what I was sort of looking at that Cox Plate market yeah. for is because I, I think he just about should be favourite. I reckon if he draws a barrier off that run that he's just done over the 2,000 metres, he's answered that question and he's done it impressively. I, I think if he draws, say, barrier three in the Cox Plate, he'll start close to $3 or $4 and he's sitting at about 7 now. I, I think he answered a lot of questions in that run itself. And I think his last year's Cox Plate run has forgotten a little bit in the wash that he was only two lengths off him from Barrier 12, and I think he was getting a lot of raps that day for how good his run was. So, if he gets things in his favour, I think he's a massive chance this year. Do you know? Yeah,
0: well, props to you, Gav. You declared him an absolute moral on the, the weekend previous. So, I'm sure we'll hear that cut up uh, on Thursday. But this has to be one of his best, if not the best, win he's had. I know that the field behind him probably aren't the strongest in the sense of other races contested, but the way he went about it, he's just dropped. All of the 2,000-metre knockers, including myself at the top of the straight, and said, see you later off a brutal tempo. They've got incredibly hard, albeit we know there was a, a tearaway leader, but um, he served it up to just fine. Just fine was um, poor back in the field, but he was phenomenal. The big question mark out of it, and I'm probably in the opposite corner to Mitchie Lewis, is how much does that take out of him? Um, we know how strongly run that race was. He had to do a tough-up on speed. He, he's getting deeper into his preparation, um, I'd love to hear the stable come out and suggest where he's at post that run because I think he'll be a little bit tired. And that's probably my knock going forward is, has he had enough of his preparation off a really, really tough win in the Martin Powell stakes.
1: We'll go through the Cox Plate market with Bet365 straight after this break. We'll hear from James McDonald after he worked Romantic Warrior as well there at Mooney Valley yesterday. And I just had a chat to Henry Field and we'll discuss Militariser's performance in the Caulfield Guineas, but... He suggested to me, in fact, the big thumbs up. We're still on track for the Cox Plate. And I think it wasn't too bad of a Cox Plate trial for a three-year-old like Miller to rise with the way that that race was run there on Saturday. Of course, I'm speaking of the Caulfield Giddies. We'll take a break. We'll come back with plenty more. This is the Monday Breakdown on Giddy Up on this Monday morning.
4: Stapati moves up on the outside, but Griff had a kick in the locker, and V8 is getting out as well. Griff kicked at the 200 metres, about a length in front of V8 and Stapati. It's still Griff by a length to V8. Griff is holding V8 for now. Griff wanders about. It's still in front, though, and Griff wins a dramatic finish. Griff has won it.
0: He's just kept improving and improving. Um, Karen's always had a big opinion of the horse. uh Did you not? No, no, but he's spent a lot of time up in Sydney, and he said when he, early on in the prep, this horse has really improved from two to three. Um, and then he's come down here, and he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's now had three starts in Victoria for three wins. And, um, you know, we the taxes of leading at, at Moonee Valley were sort of clear to see. There was no pace in the race, and uh, Ben was able to do the same today and
2: got it pretty easy and just judged it perfectly.
1: Another valuable lesson for us punters. Sometimes we get caught up with the best horse in the race, and then not necessarily... The best horse wins because the way that the setup is and the Caulfield Guineas and David Eustace summed it up perfectly there, there was no pace. So Griff goes forward, dictates terms, and makes it impossible for anyone else really to make ground. And the other lesson, Dean, I think, that we can learn with Griff is that at the start of his campaign, this campaign, he was competing over shorter trips, like he went around in the rosebud and then the up and coming. His sectionals were exceptional, but they were from bad gates. And then he had some pace on, drew a low gate in the Exford plate. Um, he proved his class there. He overcame a wide gate at Mooney Valley in the Stutt Stakes, but he showed his class at that group too. And then he had to win the, the, the Guineas and away with the run that he had there on Saturday.
0: Yeah, phenomenal training performance. I think that's the, the Marinus factor that you get. You've got a, a setup up there in Sydney and a set up there and down in Melbourne. And I think he's just lapped up this change of scenery potentially. But I think you make a good point. He's gone from a good horse at the start of the spring where he was running on to then using his tactical speed to put himself up uh, on speed. And there's no surprise that in his last couple of races when he's been pushed forward and up on speed, he's he's been in the winning circle. So I think this was an outstanding ride. And I know front runners don't often get the, the accolades, but I think this was nearly the ride of the day by Ben, ben Mellum. He's completely rated his horse perfectly, slightly above average, which means um, to the 600-meter mark, he's gone fast enough that the back markers, your militarizers, they've had to get on their bike just on the turn and build the revs to try around him up. He hasn't slackened the speed and allowed those horses probably with an inferior turn of foot – or superior turn of foot, sorry – to build up to him and go past him. And then he's kicked and mm. rated him incredibly um, well. So great training performance, it, an even better ride. And I think the beat brigade V8 was good. Stepadi had its chance. I'm uh, definitely not sacking militarised. It was just the completely wrong setup. The way the track played, the way the race was run, he wasn't there to win uh, in that setup. And you're probably just going to get maybe a little bit of a juicier price now on yeah. a cox plate moving forward, Michi.
2: It's funny, isn't it, Dino, you say it ride of the day, but it's cost Ben Mellum 10 meetings for... He'll have um, to, he's got to appeal to get off running there. running at the end, so... He'll, he'll, he'll get off there, to be ...the best ride of the day, and he's copped a suspension. But, yeah, I, I thought you explained it really well, G, that it was just set up at the start. We've looked for the best horses, but it's the horse with the best map that sort of ended up running the race. Um, I thought Stepardi was interesting. I, I don't know now. I sort of thought maybe if he could stay, he he could be a derby chance, could he not? Um, he sort of closed it out well enough. And on, the derby's not outstanding, is it? And I, I sort of don't really know. You know, we were talking Cox plates, but I don't think that's an option for him now. So it'd be interesting to see. But also the, the data's a little bit tricky in this race, given that finish of Griff sort of held up a few. So you sort of, you know, Militarizes closed off strong, but some of the others that were a bit more hampered of it's a little bit hard to sort of take data out of this race.
1: Paul Pruska, Jackson French has had a chat to him on the phone. So no decision on anything yet with step party. We'll let the dust settle, but the horses pulled up well. So I was having a chat to him on Tuesday, last Tuesday for the bet three, six, five country racing hour. He was saying that he could train him and drop him back for a Coolmore, more, or he could step mm. up his work and he could go to a derby with his lung capacity. So on that run, I think they might go to the Derby. He 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 loves his staying horses, Paul Pruska. So um, I think Stepardi can go that way. King Colorado, um, he was wide throughout. I don't think he was disgraced. They might push on for a Cox Plate there, Dino.
0: Yeah, interesting. I think the biggest thing about that horse is um, he needs a little bit of sting out on the track. He lets down a lot better. I think we learned that from the Golden Rose. So don't drop off him, but I think um, he comes into the four. I and mean, we saw that market move. Uh, when we were expecting a little bit of rain, but yeah, don't drop off in.
1: Let's hear from James McDonald who rode romantic worry and track work at Mooney Valley yesterday. Before we have a look at this Cox plate market, we bet three, six, five.
2: Yeah. He's, he's come on a fair bit. Um, his workout suggested that a bit more relaxed in his, um, in, in his work. And from the 12 to the probably 400, he was gone to a beautiful rhythm. Most importantly, he, um, he took, the valley like duck to water really he was fantastic he felt brilliant on it cornered well accelerated around the bend and and um, zipped home really well so he's come on and uh, which he needed to do but he's definitely had it plenty of improvement with him and i think we've seen glimpses of that this morning
1: so Romantic Warrior 450, Gold Trip six dollars. I, I think hopefully they go to the Caulfield Cup with Gold Trip. We'll know about that in the next 24 hours. Alligator Blood seven fifty. Fangirl nine. is definitely going to the Cox Plate, $9. Victoria Road has some X factor into this race now. The Northern Hemisphere three-year-old at nine. Bright side's out to ten dollars. Cova Leak has been the big firmer into thirteen. And then Light Infantry Man 17. Antino 26, but he'll be going to the Crystal Mile on that day. So he's not going to the Cox Plate. Tony Golden reporting to Jackson France as well via text message. So that's the story there with Antino. So let's look at the market for the Cox Plate. We'll come back and take the news at 9 o'clock, and then we'll get the team's thoughts on that. We'll also talk about front pages victory in the Kosciuszko. I want to touch on the, the performance as well as I and me because there's a few text messages coming through. And can Vienna Princess, who just keeps on improving, win a Golden Eagle after her magical performance there in the Silver Eagle? And she wanted a good prize for Chris Waller and Kira McAvoy, but she won like a a good thing at the end of the day. So we'll discuss all of that after nine o'clock. This is Giddy Up's Monday Breakdown. Great to be with you on this Monday morning, three minutes past nine. Now four minutes past nine. This is Giddy Up and the Monday Breakdown. So. We just heard from James McDonald regarding Romantic Warrior, the market for the Cox plate. This is what I know. Romantic Warrior 450. Gold trip will go there, I think. I don't know if he'll go to the Caulfield Cup just yet. I hope he does go to the Caulfield Cup. We'll know in the next 24 hours, but he's six dollars for a Cox plate. Alligator Blood will definitely be there, $750. Fangirl looks like they're going that way at the moment. But I agree with Dino. The champion's mile is probably a better option for her at nine. Militarise is definitely going that way. $9. So is Victoria Road. $9. Brightside, they're still keen to get to the Cox Plate, but he's been easy after the King Charles. $10. Covalica has been the big firmer. Um, Guy Molcaster, who purchased this horse, who joins me for the Breeding Bloodstock and Bantam podcast each and every Wednesday, said the Cox Plate's always been his main aim. And he was a big effort or big run there in the King Charles. So he's 13. Light Infantry Man will get an update there from Johnny O'Neill with the means test at 17. And Tino goes to the Crystal Mile at 26. I think party might go to a Derby at 26 and then think it over 26 without a fight, 26. Buckaroo could be the, the bet there at 34. Dino at a price. Your thoughts there on the Cox Plate Market.
0: Yeah, obviously we have familiar Jewel, highly undoubtful now. I think um, well, she's definitely not going. Needs.
1: She's out of she so she's out of the market for the Cox Plate.
0: Some Perfect. Market, so
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, romantic worries. are interesting. I love the update that we got with James McDonald in regards to him. Oh, I think we're getting a ridiculous price now for a setup in the Turbul stakes where he wasn't there to win. So I think there's a little bit of juice in his price. Uh, me and Mitchell were talking off air and. The race sort of lacks a little bit of speed, so I can see why the market's come for alligator blood. But on prices, I think there's a little bit of juice in Romantic Warrior. And Mr. Brightside's the other one. He's got tactical speed. He wasn't bad. I just think bad there on the weekend in the King Charles. So I just think that sit-and-sprint set probably not what he wants deep into a preparation, staying at 1,600 metres. So I think them two, Gareth, are probably the ones this okay. far out that I'm happy enough to have a little speck on.
1: All right. Uh, Mitch?
2: Yeah, for me, it's a lot what Dino said. We obviously had that conversation. Romantic Warrior or Alligator Blood. I, I Like I said before, I probably didn't explain it very well. I, I've backed Alligator Blood at his price now with the hope that he draws, say, Barrier 3 or 4, because I think yeah. if he does, and Romantic Warrior's out wide, um, it's probably his race for the taking because of the lack of speed in the race. If, if the roles are reversed, then I might have done my dough in, but that's okay. I'm happy to take that risk. And... Kovalika is one who I think is a big chance at the Golden Eagle. I'll, I know that the Cox Plate has that sort of ride, but the Golden Eagle, I think, is there for the taking for yeah. him. And I, I he's over in that
1: market. I think that he might be. I've just texted Guy Molcaster. He'll he'll get back to me in just a moment. I'm tipping. I think Kovalika is a strong chance to go to the, the Golden Eagle. He's $13. Um, so there's <laughs> no decision just yet. between Like, no decision from um, the camp there with Kovalika. So he's $13 for oh, the Golden Eagle and the Cox Plate, is $13 as well. So the market's having a bit each way.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see him go to the Golden Eagle. Like you said, if uh, Milius Jewel doesn't go there, obviously Legato heads the market. But a strongly run race, we saw I Wish I Win go from 16 back to 15 and win it last year. I just think... Um, it's the only chance you get as a four-year-old. You can always have another crack at the Cox plate. And with his pattern, I don't think that suits the setup mm-hmm. around Mooney Valley, whereas a, a big, long straight uh, in the Rose Hill setup, big field, a lot of pressure on. I think that suits him to the ground. He's sexual. Like I said, he's run the fastest last two, last four, the entire meeting. He's low-flying. So interesting to see what they do. And The Waller camp already have fangirl, like you're saying, Gareth, in the race. So do they split them up and and maybe win, try win both.
1: Yep. So they've got fangirl and Militarize maybe in a Cox plate with the silver Eagle Vienna princess. She just knows how to win these days. Straight is second Pericles, third bed and debtor had her opportunity fourth and then ruthless Dame. Any horses out of that race you want to be following?
0: Uh, Straight acer was outstanding from the back. That horse is a horse in form. I'm not sure where they go with it, but it was phenomenal. Probably lacking upside now, but it's put three in a row and it was so good from the back. Um, I think uh, the winner's an interesting horse. Anytime there's strong pressure, which there was in this race, around five lengths faster than average, this horse's superior turn of foot just stands up. So it was outstanding. Benedetta was $4 into two fifty at 9am, then back out to four twenty. She was good, but nothing really stood up and said, pick me in the, the Golden Eagle out of this race, I don't think, Gareth.
1: Yep, Spring Champion Stakes, talking about three-year-olds, Tom in two seventy-five, dollars Attack $6. Those are the horses that competed there on Saturday, and it's fair to say, well, still hurts me to say, but um, he should have won Tom Kitten in the gloaming stakes. Raff Attack, Regan Bayless believes he was going to win the Hill Stakes a couple of starts back. He's had a big opinion of this Galloper. What did you make of that race, Dino?
0: Yeah, I think that pause and that disappointment uh, in regards to Tom Kitten sums the race up. He should have won and should have won comfortably, don't know why or how he got back to where he did in the run during gate three. I'm um, yet to look it. at the, the first start of the race, but he was enormous. Mm. You've got to sort of take into account the pattern of the day as well. Nothing really made strong ground. And he's got back, bustled along, checked with a couple of horses and just absolutely launched um, – He's the horse to follow out of the entire meeting. I thought it was nearly the run of the day, and he's finished second. So yeah. phenomenal performance. Raph Attack. I think just the way the track dried out and the and the splits he got up front. I think that just suited him. But Tom Kitten G Nash said that it could on.
1: be the best horse he's ever ridden at the start of the preparation. In his comments with Sky Racing after the race, and he said, "I don't think I'm. I don't think he's done anything wrong to change my mind on that." Which is a big call from Nash. Um, but he just didn't have any luck today. So wherever he goes next, he'll be winning. But 1800 metres start when you draw that low, it's such a massive advantage at Randwick, and he was out. The, he was out the back because if you draw wide with that turn coming up so quickly, as Adam Hieronymus said in the in the beaten jockeys interviews, it's just a, like an impossible. It's an impossible um, start to to get into a nice spot from a wide gate, basically. And, and Nash has drawn low, and he's ended up back where he would have been if he drew out wide. So um, I guess that was the, the, the toughest part for the punters to take there on Saturday. I just want to touch on the performance of front page. who took out the Kosciuszko. Um, this is number 16, Holly. He was superb um, front page. The pride and joy of Korowa. Opal
3: Ridge is four lengths away. She's trying to get into the race, but front page is giving a tremendous kick. Front page got five lengths clear. Opal Ridge, it's a bridge too far by the looks of it. Then far too easy, and front page, Tyler Schiller go back to back in the Kosciuszko. I'm certainly proud. I was more nervous today than last year because I was hoping Maddie didn't stuff it up. (laughs) Well, you certainly didn't. No, what a horse, um... Like I said, Jeff,
2: I come and congratulated Jeff this time last year and said, wow, well done, mate. You had him trained in a minute. And when they the team gave me the horse about 14 weeks ago, I set out and, and made a plan to effectively blueprint what he did last year.
1: Great story. I had a chat to Tyler Shiel at the Wentworth Park Dogs on Friday night. And he was there because he loves his dogs and that's the way that he likes to relax before a big day's racing, Dino. And he said that, like he was so excited to ride front page and he's gone to war with his horse on a couple of occasions like that Wagga Town play. We had a chat about that. He goes, wow, that's nearly the biggest run that he's <laughs> ever been involved with. Um, and he's a young kid making his way in the sport, but geez, he rode well there on Saturday. He's a big time player, our man, Tyler Schiller. But to win a race for the Jeray family and for Matty Dale and for basically his local community where he started up in the Riverina, with the horse by the name of front page that um, goes to war for him every time they step out. It was one of the highlights for me there on Saturday. And that's why the Kosciuszko for mine is so special.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's a race that just builds stories purely on the nature of the setup. of it. And I think you make a really good point where the horses come from, where the jockeys come from, uh, the trainer sort of set up there. Matty Dale got this horse and to do it, was mighty impressive and then you jump online you look at the shields report and he's done it on three legs he's put up three out of five lanes so he's given his absolute all it was a carbon copy of the 2022 victory where he just let him up and dropped him at the 200 meter mark and said see you later and there's no better horse or better setup uh, as a, a racehorse where you can get a horse that can settle on speed get to the front, rack them, stack them, and then Mm -hmm. show a turn of foot like him. Time's been elite. We got three 1,200-metre races in a row. We had the Kosciuszko, Sydney Stakes, and the Everest, and it's stacked really well up against them. We know he's an out-and-out group one horse, um, open-grade, fresh. He only finished two lengths off the likes of In Secret in the autumn, but uh, outstanding training performance. And I love that you mentioned Tyler Schiller. He's flown under the radar a little bit with how well Dylan Gibbons and um, obviously um the the apprentices are gone this year but look at his ride in the first race too took off mid-race on land legend uh went around him went to the front and said see you later he is riding in phenomenal form and he deserves that win and so does the camp and the stable and everyone around him.
1: he's nearly he's the jockey that i nearly won out of those three um i don't know i might be a little bit biased because he's a country boy and his old man's a legend he's just consistent isn't he just just consistent yeah Hey, um, horses to follow can military mission. It's not nominated for a Caulfield cup, but he was impressive in the Herbert power. Mitchy, God bless Shiva. Um, she's been one of our horses. I can't believe they bet $19 Shiva way. She goes for Mickey D one under JD Hayes, <laughs> who, who gave her a good push to us on Saturday. You got to listen to stable mail because Kath Colbin said she's dances as the stable's best each way chance up. She goes at $10, um, horses to follow. For you then, Mitchie, at Caulfield, and as I mentioned at the start, well under tags and whoever was brave enough to tip out um, and he loves I Caulfield. Did, uh, we go. Let's review the
2: tape. I reckon I gave him a little push in yep. the um, weekend preview, he so did. I'll make sure that gets clipped up.
1: And wish Wishful Lash just keeps on winning, um, defeating Barbie's Box. So horses to fly out of Caulfield for you, Mitchie. Out of Caulfield, it's probably
2: horses to follow depending on where they go. So like I said, I'd like to see party target the derby. I, I think the stable are good with yeah. their stayers and if they've got a little bit of time to get him right. So I think that'd be interesting. I've, in race one, I thought Red Sun Sensation, he's probably got some... He had no luck coming into the straight, but up in distance a little bit further, he might be one. But I've also got one to follow out of Sydney, actually. I'm, I was really interested by Land Legend in race one, breaking the track record on... In your Australian yeah. debuts, a fair effort. So, I guess that's a sort of Sydney Cup target, and maybe the Melbourne Cup sort of next year. I'm not sure, Dino, You might know a little bit more. But I found him a pretty interesting story out of the weekend. Yeah, it was a brave win. Like I said, Tyler Schiller made that mid-race move, rolled to the front, and then um, said,
0: "See you later," and kept kicking. So that was 2600 meters. You'd suggest that it gets further off that setup. They've run really strongly to the 600 meter mark. So. Not sure what the target is. Gareth Jacko, might look that up, but he was a big winner and an even better ride.
1: Let's go through some text messages. So King Colorado for the Cox Plate, punched to win the entire circuit, didn't stop trying at every reason to fold on Saturday, been in contact with the connections. I think a few would like to go to a Cox Plate. The stable is undecided, but a bit like Militarise, I think he would be competitive, Dino, in a, in a Cox Plate.
0: Yeah, I think it uh, would be ground dependent. I think he'd be an outstanding chance if it was a soft five, soft six, yep. a dry truck. I'd be happily be against him and probably in militarise the other three okay. worlds camp. But um, he's going well. Um, probably just needs a wet truck to, to be up to that level.
1: Would V8 go to a Cox plate? No weight, amazing run. Could have won 50 to one. That's Brad from the Bull, Brad. Um, having a chat to Calvin McAvoy, they're going to drop him back, most likely to a Coolmore down the straight over 1200 metres for V8, so don't back him for a Cox Plate because he definitely won't be going there. Best thing about Amelia's jewel losing is that we don't have to listen to the overhyped dribble splurted out of the media's mouth. It went at the Valley was vanilla. It wasn't like in parrot trees or gold trips. Big difference racing in Perth compared to the big city racing. Ridiculous odds, let alone face for the Cox Plate. That's from Glenn. You know She's not going to the Cox Plate, Glenn, but you would have made a lot of money for taking her on then. So congratulations um, Amelia's bubble officially burst hey guys just cause um, that's not for my show Josh here what did you think of Private Eyes run the Everest I thought it was a tough run and with a bit more cover might have won lastly it's time the Inevitables team um, changed the 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 jockey um, has been outclassed in the last few starts giving it no chance of winning yeah he's just got too far back the inevitable his last couple but I don't think the strong tempo suited him I don't think 1600 meters that's definitely as far as he wants to get and when they run it like that it makes it difficult for him to finish off like we know he can um and with private eye dino like if you uh, it's you can't you can't you can't say this with any type of real confidence but if he drew better private eye, if you if you swap the barrier draws between the two stable mates it would have been interesting to see who wins the race then
0: yeah, I have no doubt. He's similar to um, the stablemate, where he has that will to win. He was enormous. Three wide the trip on a solid enough tempo. I love the ride. You have to be there. There's no point going back to last. He was no chance. So you could easily argue swap the barrier, swap the result. Um, but both horses are going enormous, and he's on track. I think he's got a really, really big win in. It's just good to see him back. We know he's had his issues and um, over the, the last sort of um, twelve months, but he was enormous, and you got to be proud of me if you own him.
1: One lesson I learned again on the weekend was backing horses who settle on the pace. It takes the bad luck right out of the equation, yep. allows them to settle in the gun spot when the whips are cracking. That's from Gaz from Strathmore. Make a good point there, Gaz. Very good point. Good morning, boys. What race, what a race the King Charles Stakes was with Fangirl beating Mr. Brightside. You could argue that Fangirl arguably is the best horse in Australia, constantly running second to Animo and the like, also at Caulfield on Saturday. It was a fantastic day. My only knock on the meeting was it finished way too late. It's a very long day. That's from Peter. I think that they had to do that to get the best bang for their buck regarding the TV coverage. So having the Turak with Amelia's jewel, the boom horse there of the day before her run anyway, um, was the, the best best way to maximise the viewers there for such a big day of racing. Love the Gator, but he was under no pressure around him on Saturday. Who did he beat? That's a very weak might and power. That's from Marcus. But I like how he absorbed a bit of pressure with a bit of pace there from Deny Knowledge out in front. And he just didn't win. He smashed him. Um, Fangirls Cox played. It's weak. So she should be winning. Um, There you go. Gareth, can you please answer my question? Read Johnny Allen, Mara News camp? Why is he not riding with them much? I think he rides for them a little bit. Um, He's based at Ballarat. And it's just about the opportunity. But I'll chase that up. I haven't taken much notice of that. Mitchie Lewis, have Mm. you? No, I haven't taken much notice no. of it
2: either. I, I saw the question and wondered myself, but no, I, I think you'll see him over the carnival ride, some of those stays in the Derby and the um, Melbourne Cup and the like. Right. He did fly to Sydney
0: and ride the two-year-old in the Jim Cracken Breeders trial for Mar Houston. Yeah. So he rode, flew up for one ride at the, at the trial, so that's stable. So I'd suggest everything's okay.
1: It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold go, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. We need your horses to follow before we say goodbye. We've run out of time. I just looked at the clock. It's 9.20. Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill are going to kill me. I'm going to be late again for the Monday news test. <laughs>
0: I'll be quick. Uh, horses the follow for me. I thought Airman was great. Uh, Tom Kitten was outstanding. And Melanie Patino, she's absolutely flying. I quickly want to run through a couple to forgive off the stewards report too, Gareth. Um, yellow brick coughing, alcohol-free, heat stress, front page, three out of five, lame, serides cardiac arrhythmia, well wall lame, and a throat issue. And forgot you pulled up with EIPH. So plenty to dissect out of the stewards reports as well.
1: I know the Manicado is a quick backup. Um but she loves the valley. Bella Nippertina is a big price. They're $11 if they go that way. Yep. 100%. Um, I think she's
0: proven this time that yep. she can handle dry trucks as well. Big tick.
1: She was enormous in the Sydney Stakes. As Craig Williams pointed yeah. out, it was impossible for her and she doesn't. She she can perform under those conditions, but definitely not her favorite uh, favorite conditions. If it's a wet track no. there, or if there's any type of given the track at, at Mooney Valley, I think she can go back to back. Bella Nipartina. That's a massive price. Eleven dollars. we bet three six five. All right, Jacko. We'll wrap the boys up. It's been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> thanks for that, Mitchy. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having good me. I'll
2: you,
0: De- speak to you soon. Good
1: on you, Dino. Thanks, legends. Enjoy your Monday, everyone. It's Dean Watling from deanwatling.com. and. Mitchie Lewis from formguidebreakdowns.com. Let's take a break. It's 9.21.